All right, guys, welcome back to uh, the Missional Community Leader Podcast. Uh, glad you're with me, and uh, I hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, it's it's been it's been good for us uh, being back from Florida and getting back into a regular rhythm and routine. I'll tell you what, though, we definitely miss the views from the balcony and the sun and 70 degree weather. That is for sure. Uh, we are enjoying having Ethan home and, uh, that's been, that's been great. So, uh, let's see announcement wise, things that you need to be aware of, um, down on tap Tuesday night. We got a couple more weeks left of that. Uh, it's on the discord, simple theologian discord server. Uh, I'm hosting a book club on that server as well. Um, you know, our missional community numbers, uh, are, are down, um, you know, and, uh, for me that, that feels discouraging because, uh, people were like, you know, Hey, yeah, we're definitely gonna, you know, we, we know that, uh, moving to zoom is important and it's what we need to do. Uh, and so I was kind of expecting, uh, to see more people connect, but they're not, and uh, I'm not sure what to do with that. So if you have ideas, uh, let me know. I would love to love to to know uh, what you think as far as how we can uh, improve on some of that stuff. If you've got ideas on how to improve the the Zoom experience, let me know that as well. I think regardless of numbers this week, we're gonna split into uh, some smaller discussion rooms, hopefully to get a little bit more engagement and uh, you know go from there. So uh, yeah. Let's dive into it, shall we? Uh, we are in James chapter 5. We are coming to the end of this study in the book of James. And uh, we are in verses 1 through 6. They say, Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the, mis- because of the misery that is coming on you. Your, health has rot- your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. And that, my friends, is super cheery stuff. Uh, so, fallen condition focus. Uh, you know, we believe we believe that wealth will save us, uh, but at the end of the day, Christ alone is worthy of our trust. That would be the Christ's redemptive purpose, and the message big idea would be use or be used. So. Uh, in the notes, just want to remind you the five big questions are there, but also some additional discussion questions out of Nav Press's uh, life study uh, study. So uh, on James, it's really good, and uh, so that's that's what we're using for some of those additional questions. Um, all right, so the identity of the rich people uh, here are most likely non-Christian. Uh, the previous paragraph, uh, they were probably Christian as James 
expected them to view the world from a biblical perspective. There's no such expectation here. These people appear to be folks who are intentionally oppressing the poor. Uh, so we can, we can, however, learn from the principles of the passage about a Christ-centered way of using wealth and thinking about money, which basically you just take what we see here, the, uh, the judgments here, and we just kind of turn them around and, and flip them to the opposite side of things, right? So, uh, James is following in a long line of prophetic voices and calling out the wealthy and their treatment of the poor and the working class. His rebuke is strong, and he's warning them that there is judgment coming, and therefore they need to weep and wail in preparation for it. Uh, and that phrase, weep and wail, is, is super common among the prophets. So, I mean, basically what James is saying here in this first verse is, yo, it's coming uh, it's about to get ugly. You need to repent and, uh, you need, it, it needs to kind of be a, a whole, a whole self kind of thing. Verses two through three. Uh, this section is reminiscent of Jesus's teaching in Matthew six, 19 through 21. Uh, while a non-Christian may not catch the reference, his Jewish Christian audience most likely would have, as this was part of Jesus's sermon on the Mount and was probably widely circulated among the church's oral tradition, right? Um, you know, you you see, you know, this is the whole um, where your heart is, your treasure will be also kind of thing. And, I mean, it's all, it, it sounds almost word for word. I mean, it is a, it is about as direct an illusion as you can get uh, without a direct quotation. And, uh, so, so they, they would have got this. Now, some commentators argue that James, uh, hits on the three categories of wealth here, uh, which would be the agricultural, uh, and that's, that's the word that's, that's wealth. Um, and they get, they get that concept because rotted, uh, has connected to it. Then you have clothing, uh, and then you have gold and silver. Now, the word wealth here is general and can be applied to just about anything. And uh, so I'm not sure there's enough evidence one way or the other, uh, but it is intriguing, particularly with that word rotten uh, as an adjective connected to it, right? Um, that, uh, that the, that their, their wealth has rotted. And so it would make sense. Um, but I don't, I don't think you can get dogmatic about it. Right. And, uh, but it's, but it's, it's, it's intriguing. Now the key to understanding the critique is found at the end of verse three, you have hoarded wealth in these last days. The issue that James has, uh, is, is not that these people were wealthy, Right. The issue is not that they were rich. The issue is not that they were successful. The issue is not that they were out there uh, gaining wealth. The issue is that they were hoarding it. They were like dragons hoarding their spoils. You can you can kind of uh, see you almost have an image of you know smog from. Uh, you know, from the Hobbit in, in here. Um, I mean, this is, this issue of greed 
really is the center of um, of James's critique. So the issue uh, is that their wealth, the, the, the issues that their wealth, that they're experiencing from their wealth is due to it being stored up and not used. Food doesn't rot if it's not, if it's eaten, right? I mean, if you, if you fill your pantries and you eat your food, it doesn't rot. If you fill your pantries and go on vacation, it just sits there. What happens when you get home? It's rotted. It's gone bad. Uh, Amy and I, uh, you know, when we left this, this past week for Florida, last minute, there was some bread uh, in, in our pantry. Well, when we got home after a week, uh, that bread was molded. Why? Because it wasn't used. And, and so do you see how, you see how these, uh, the, these issues uh, begin, begin to, to unfold, right? The clothes don't eat my moths if they're being used. Gold and silver are not going to rust if they're being moved along and turned over in the context of commerce. So it's when things are hoarded that they lead us to ruin. And uh, so it's this, it's this reality of, of being used by the wealth as opposed to using the wealth. In verse 4, James is calling out the rich for their treatment of their employees. Once again, uh, there's a call to justice. This, this issue of, of setting things right, of, of living in a righteous life, is, is, is a central theme, an ongoing theme in this letter from James. Now, this particular passage, this particular verse, has echoes back into the Exodus story. Uh, this line may be, uh, may be for the Christian hearers more so uh, than the rich non-religious folks that James is addressing in the paragraph, right? And this line is, um, uh, the, the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. That is definitely uh, an echo or an illusion from the Exodus story. Their cries have reached his ear. The injustice uh, is, is in front of them. And God is aware of it. Um, and so he's, uh, so, so they would have, they would have heard that they would have experienced that. Uh, now the rich, the, the question is, you know, the rich treating the harvesters as slaves and not paying them at all, or are they not paying them in a timely manner? Now, most likely it's the latter, right? Um, during this time, land was was increasingly being owned by only a few. Uh, in other words, uh, there was a wealth gap. Does that sound familiar at all? <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the issues that, that are in front of humanity and culture and communities and society, they really haven't changed much. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the same, the same issues we're facing today where there is a significant wealth gap. And uh, at this time, though, these people needed they needed the day laborers expected to be paid at the end of the day because they would take that money and they would go buy their food for the day um, or, or for the next day. Right. And so if you didn't get paid at the end of the day, that was a huge problem. That was a significant issue that needed to be, that needed to be dealt with. Uh, and so if they weren't getting their, their pay at the end of the day, it really put them in dire straits. So uh, then this, this last statement here that uh, 
refers to the Lord as the Lord Almighty. This could also be translated as Lord of hosts, which points us to the reality that God was ready to hold the rich to account. He he was he was ready to come. God was coming in judgment. They were uh, they were you know it was it was it was judgment time. And if you remember back to the Exodus, things did not go well for uh, the the oppressive regime in Egypt as Moses brought uh, the the Israelites out, right? So all of this in verse four uh, is pointing pointing us to all those kinds of themes and ideas of liberation and freedom and uh, in judging the the oppressors. In verses five and six, uh, in these final two verses, we see the outcome of the wealth being hoarded by the rich. Uh, so, they are in a sense storing up for themselves greater judgment. They are prepared for judgment in the same way as the fattened calf is ready to be slaughtered. Now, this is a ridiculously harsh condemnation, but James continues. He goes on to say that their actions of hoarding and withholding from the poor have brought about the deaths of the innocent. Uh, the impact of their malevolent use of wealth is wide-reaching. When the rich don't take care of their business, so to speak, when they don't see their role, their place in the community, when they become all about themselves, the impact is wide-reaching. The devastation goes well beyond uh, just their own, just just their own lives. They're impacting even people, he says, uh, you know, who's not opposing you. People who weren't even in their employ uh, were impacted by their hoarding negatively to the point of dying. So James, James is looking here at a systemic issue. He is calling the rich uh, to, to deal with the systemic issues that are in front of them, the systemic issues that they have created that are now causing pain and suffering among the poor. The guys, this, this is, this is such, such a big, uh, this passage is huge for our day and time. And I think we can look at it from, we can have some great conversations potentially, about systemic wealth and abuse of wealth and power and all that kind of stuff all comes out of this passage. And, and it's right there staring us in the face if we want to see it. Um, but I think on that individual level, the Christian with wealth needs to learn from this con- condemnation of the non-Christian rich person. Uh, the question before us is, how can we use our wealth to alleviate the suffering around us? How can we take and leverage the wealth that God has provided for us? How can we invite others in and, in a sense, make the table bigger? How do we keep inviting others to join us? Are we a people marked by generosity? Or are we a people that are marked by selfishness and a desire to hoard wealth? The fact of the matter is, that we who are Americans are among the wealthiest people in the world. And so we are faced with the dire question of how we are going to use our wealth. Are we using money or are we being used by it? Is it serving us and God or are we serving it? And that really, I think it's the heart of this, of this issue, of this question. 
you know, are, are we using money or are we being used by it? Because if we're if we're being used by it, what that means really is that we're trusting it. We're trusting it for our salvation. We're trusting it, uh, and maybe not from a spiritual sense, but in a in a very real on the grounds kind of sense of, you know, trusting that money will somehow take care of us. Money is inanimate. Money isn't real, especially in our day and age. Money is a bunch of zeros and ones. Money has no power to save us. Um, it has no, it has no power to care for us. The reality is, uh, that money is a tool to be used and God has given many of us, uh, money to use. Some of us have, you know, enough to get by. Some of us have more than enough to get by. Some of us are in a season of plenty and some of us are in a season of need, uh, Whenever we re- get in, enter in that season of plenty, then we need to to use that tool to help those in a season of need, and trust that being a part of a community of people, uh, that that the church, that the the people of God will continue to gather around, and love one another and care for one another. I remember uh, up in our Fatherville missional community, there was a family who had some significant. Uh, needs, uh, some healthcare needs and their insurance, uh, left them, you know, with quite a bit of money hanging out there. Well, the missional community gathered around, (laughs) rallied around and took care of, uh, their, their financial need. So, uh, you know, the money I've told a number of people, this money is always there. We can find money. Uh, the question is, what are we going to do with it when we get it? Are we going to use it or are we going to be used by it? All right. Uh, I hope to see you guys Sunday night uh, at Missional Community. And um, want to say thank you again, how much I appreciate you, how much I love you and care for you, and uh, how loved and cared for I feel by you. Thanks for being in this with me. I appreciate it. And we will uh, talk again soon. Until next time, love well, my friends.